This is Carte Blanche, the podcast. One story every day that matters. Delve into the issues that impact you. Whether you're in need of a better understanding of the world around you or simply seeking inspiration or unique perspectives, you'll find it all here. Online stardom can bring in the big bucks, especially if you're a child. With so-called kidfluencers becoming the new darlings of social media, we ask just how ethical this growing trend is. Is it just kids having fun, or is it a form of child labor dressed up as harmless entertainment? Masake Kana speaks to the experts about the benefits and potential long-term risks of growing up online. I am an influencer. I come to the fun fair to try all of the rides. Just before she turned two, I recorded a video of her with my nephew. Within 24 hours, the video went viral. Millions of views over a couple of days. From the age of two, Sassy Taylor Morrison had hundreds and thousands of people following her on Facebook. But it wasn't until COVID-19 lockdown hit that her mother Kim turned Taylor's online fame into business. I used to be in travel and when COVID hit, I lost my job. And that's when I opened up the Instagram account because obviously during lockdown, everything, everyone was bored and Taylor and I were doing videos. Lockdown coincided with a staggering rise in the content-creating and sharing platform TikTok, with its lip-synced and celebrity-endorsed video snippets. Viola Davis, the actress, and Beyonce's mum shared a video of Taylor. She was doing a lip-sync. So tell us, what's your dream job? Her videos went viral in the USA. A kidfluencer is a child under the age of 13 with a massive social media following. Commercial brands contract them to advertise their products on internet platforms. The multinational tech company that owns Facebook and Instagram, Meta, earns 98% of its revenue from advertising, which makes it a lucrative career choice. Eight-year-old Valdo was three when a video of him and his dad, the musician, actor and influencer Lindo Sitole, went viral. South Africans loved his cute dance moves. So when you initially started out, was this for you to just show cute videos of a father and son bond and that was it? Yeah, I was just doing it genuine. I only met my dad when I was 14 years old. And I told myself that the day I become a dad, I'll make sure that I'm, I'm there to my son's life or daughter from day one, from the wet go. I want to experience everything with him. I think that's what motivated me. Today, Valdo has over 200,000 followers on Instagram alone, making him a firm favorite with local kid brands. How does it feel to be famous? It feels nice. I like the fact that people like the videos that I always do. Do you like making the videos? Yeah. How did it go from these cute videos, just father and son, to 
what is now a business. I started getting emails from different brands. There's a father and son campaign or there's a, it's a kiddies campaign. That's where it all started. I, I didn't know that you can actually make money from social media. According to the Gen Next Youth Behaviour Report, the collective spending power of the youth market in South Africa is a $120 billion industry, making it a lucrative space for brands and kitfluencers. Some local stars are charging up to 45,000 rands for one post or 20,000 rands for a story. It's big business for a child who's only just learned to read. I mean, you are his manager. Do you also then get a cut off that? No, 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 no. He's got his own account. While parents claim to be investing profits for their children's future, the industry is still unregulated and relies on the parent's discretion. For whatever that he makes on social media, it goes to him, it's his. So it's not money that I'll say I usually use. No, I hardly use it. I hardly use it. So the account is run by me. I'm the one that's having to do all the editing and the invoicing. My percentage is 25%, same as the agent's. And then the balance I save to her account. Everything is so unregulated that there's no guarantee that that child will benefit in any way from that commercial transaction. We're not contracting with the children, even though it's only the children appearing on those platforms. Um, they're contracting with the parents. Digital law expert Emma Sadlier has years of experience navigating the murky terrain of social media law. Are we even allowed to have children under the age of 13 being on social media platforms? Yeah, so most of these companies have an age restriction of 13. But how these influencers are getting around it is that they are represented by their parents usually. So that's the sort of get out of jail free card for these social media companies. I have a problem to... There's no denying the cuteness factor. But one can't help but wonder if this is an industry capitalizing on childhoods and brands are the gatekeepers who are shaping and accelerating it. We don't just accept any brand. I've had brands contact me for Taylor to advertise foot masks and face masks and I've had to say no, she's seven. Hi guys. Hi guys. Hey guys, I'm going to be unboxing the package. What boundaries have you put in place to ensure that Valdo is protected on these campaigns that you do? If it's a shoot that, that it needs to be, up, to be absent at school, I'm not going to take it. And if it's a campaign where it, it's not a kiddies brand, I'm not taking it. It doesn't matter how much money is there. As Kidfluencer culture explodes around the world, debate rages around what the long-term effects on children might be. Clinical and forensic psychologist Pam Tudin specializes in the online world. There are studies that have been done on the impact and the biggest danger is that they lose their own voice, their authentic voice. Because what happens is little children, by their very nature, want to please parents. And so when parents are placing that kind of pressure on them, and I know some parents say they're not, but you know, there's this tacit pressure of quickly, quickly, we're going to do a little reel, pick up the chicken nugget and, and eat it and pretend you love it. And so in that space, what you really feel no longer matters. What we're seeing is children then whose agency is removed externally, but also internally, because they don't believe that they have a voice after a while. 
as a parent, I do worry that her personality will change. So I kind of am constantly watching her and looking for those signs. I don't take away from his childhood. He's still a normal kid. But the minute you step foot outside of your house, I mean, he is recognized. So I'm sure people would love to take selfies with him. He's aware that he's a brand now and there will be people asking for pictures. But I make sure that I'm part of that picture so that it, it doesn't become awkward for him. Traditionally, the use of child talent is regulated under the Basic Conditions of Employment Act, which sets out protections like the number of hours and times that children may work. But because kidfluencers don't have employment contracts with their parents, they are not protected by this act. You know, if I spoke to you about child, children in India who are working in sweat factories for five bucks an hour, we would all be outraged. But when we have little children doing that for parents here, um, you know, as kid influencers, why are we not outraged? Because it is, you know, it's entertaining for us. Monday to Friday, she's a total normal kid, school, extramurals. We're not sitting and making videos every day. I think that's what people don't understand. We're not sitting and physically making videos every day. One tick. Okay. Okay. I try my best in terms of time schedule that it doesn't work over time. What happens if Valdo's feeling tired? And you know, you've signed a contract. And it's due date. It's due date and they've paid. <laughs> yeah. I think we've been doing it for so many times, so he understands it's work. Mr. Suit and Shorts. Mr. Suit and Shorts. So, Linda, what comes first, manager or father? Being a father first. With your years of experience in digital law, would you say this kidfluencer phenomena is a good thing? I do understand the commercial attraction. I do understand that a lot of children want to be famous. You know, I'm certainly not saying that if your child's a kidfluencer, that you're a bad person. But for me, it takes away the basic human right of consent to what happens in your life from a child. I do worry, of course, any parent worries, but I also think, do I want to hold her back? Because from her being exposed, she's closer to her dream of being an actress. Her talent has been seen through social media. If this all stopped like tomorrow, I'll be super sad because it was my career. Thank you guys for watching. I hope you enjoyed. Bye. From unboxing videos to toy reviews, kidfluencers are here to stay. Should government consider regulating this booming industry? Some say it should be treated as any other job, tax implications and all. We'd love to hear your thoughts. So join the conversation online using hashtag carte blanche. Thanks for joining yet another episode of Carte Blanche, the podcast. Keep the conversation going online. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't forget to rate and review us. Your feedback is always appreciated. And subscribe to our podcast to ensure you don't miss a single episode.